Before we start, I have an announcement. It's competition time! To celebrate getting past 30 episodes, I'm doing a flipping crazy giveaway. All you have to do is leave a five-star review, tweet or retweet about the podcast, or share it on Facebook. Or just email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com and let me know what you think of the show. If you do that, you'll be entered into a random draw to win a beautiful I Don't Know t-shirt. This is a quality garment with the I Don't Know logo designed by Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. Also, listen to the Unbelievers podcast. They were kind enough to have me, Camille, as their guest co-host on their last show. Now, let's do this. Hello, and welcome to I Don't Know the Podcast, episode 31, The Woodwoes, Hairy Beast Man. The Woodwoes, otherwise known as the Wild Man of the Woods, is a mythical creature. The legend stretches back to medieval times. He is said to be a wild, hairy man-beast that roams the remote woodlands of Europe. Depictions of the Woodwoes can be found in paintings, carvings, and even on coats of arms dating back through the ages as far as the 12th century. Good old Woody can't possibly still be around, right? I don't know, but some people think they do know. This week, we find people who have evidence of a dirty, hairy man-beast living in our midst. Is he a dangerous, smelly abomination, or is he just some guy that wants to get away from everything? Listen on to find out. Woodwose is also known as the Wild Man of the Woods and the Green Man. He is said to be covered in hair and has been likened to a satyr or a fawn. Depictions of the Woodwose can be found in medieval painting and carved wooden bosses. There are many theories as to what the Woodwose is. Some people believe they are the last remaining Neanderthals. Others believe they are extra hairy human beings who have gone to live in the woods for some reason. But it doesn't matter what you think the Woodwose is, he's been spotted all over modern-day Great Britain. And one person who is certain of his existence is Deborah Hatswell of British Bigfoot Research. A very modern green man is something we're going to discuss tonight. Ye old wild man of the woods has been seen multiple times in modern-day Britain. Now the green man and the Woodwose have been part of British history since the dawn of time. We see them in carvings and artwork, churches and fonts. They have poems written about them. It's true. Former British poet laureate Ted Hughes once wrote a poem called Woodwoo. I'm not going to read it out now. It's too long and not very good. And it doesn't even rhyme. Now the green man has been seen in our modern times by ordinary individuals. And there have been reports made by these people in the UK who report seeing someone or something, watching them from the foliage, and it seems to be using the leaves and the shade to hide within it. Here are some of those reports. 
This is getting creepy. So far, it sounds like some weird nudist spying on people. This report went, came into another blog. It didn't come into me. It's from a gentleman called Mark Thompson. And he says, I'm now living in New Zealand, but originally I lived in England. I lived in London, in a town called High Wycombe. High Wycombe is not in London. That's like saying, I live in Los Angeles. Oh, which part? Uh, Bakersfield? My encounter involves the legendary Green Man. The Green Man is a legend of old and dates back thousands of years, just like the Native American stories of Sasquatch, said Mark. And in my case, I grew up next to the Chiltern Hills, which spans across the southwest to the northwest of England. Also, nowhere near London. I was six years old when I had my encounter, and it happened behind my house, where there was a wooded area that led out of town towards the countryside. I was with some older boys who were carrying a ladder to erect a swing on a tree and in the middle of this wooded area there was a meadow full of long grass but there was a clearing within the meadow, a clearing within the woods. A clearing within a clearing? Once we'd erected the swing and had goofed around for a bit the bigger boys had decided it was time to head home. I was the last one to leave. I can't remember following the bigger boys at a distance. I was probably about 20 yards ahead of me. I don't know what made me stop and look to my left. But on the edge of the meadow, beside a large tree, there was a huge figure. I remember craning my neck to look. I was looking up at a creature's face. Creepy. Now I estimate it would have been about seven to eight feet tall. The creature had lots of long hair draping down from its body which was full of twigs and leaves. It looked like a ghillie suit. The face was huge. It had deep set eyes and the long thin lips were open and it was smiling at me. I thought it was smiling, but the rest of the face wasn't. Ugh, I do not like the sound of this. I think it was showing its teeth. I was literally 10 feet away from this thing and I ran. I ran as fast as I could and I caught up with the bigger boys. Sounds like a lucky escape. I would have nightmares that this thing was in our house downstairs. When I laid on my pillow, my heart would beat. It would sound like its footsteps were coming to get me. It really did shake me up. It had a massive effect on my childhood. Is this just an elaborate excuse for bedwetting? Now, this report reminds me of quite a few others. The one case in the Stanley County Durham where the child, who was also six years old, saw a wild man in the trees when building a tree swing and she was playing with older girls and the wild man that she saw was holding a knife or a sharp object. Jesus, he's armed to the teeth now. Um, not too far away in Sheffield there's two cases, two separate incidents of two sets of diff children, not that they knew, knew each other, the incidents are not related in any way other than the same set of circumstances happened. They were both building within the woods, building rope swings, and they both encountered creatures. Sounds like he hates swings, and a knife is there to cut them down. So far, Deborah has only had reports from people when they were kids, and let's face it, kids make up a lot of shit. But she's now got one from a grown-ass adult. This all happened one day, it was the beginning of August last year, and I was out walking with my son in a small woodland close to my house. I stay in a small village called Milton of Campsie and we were out that day well off the beaten track. It's a pretty old set of woods with two 300 year old trees. 
Now nothing out of the ordinary happened at first, but we were quite a ways in there. And about 15 to 20 yards in front of us, what I thought was a poacher in a ghillie suit. A ghillie suit is one of those full body camouflage suits used by snipers and weirdos. This poacher stood up and started to make his way at a good pace away from us moving swiftly. He was moving quickly and not looking back in our direction and I found that really odd. Given at the time of day, I was sure this was a poacher. I wanted to confront him. I won't confront a poacher. They're usually armed. And why so angry anyway? It's not like he's the gamekeeper. I was angry at the fact that someone would be firing a gun or a bow so close to where people live and walk with their families and dogs, etc. I decided to give him a piece of my mind. Okay, fair enough. So I set off after him. And as I got closer, he rounded the back of an old oak tree and he was gone. Completely vanished. I couldn't see him anywhere. At this point, given how I was still thinking it was a poacher, I shouted out loud. And believe me, I ranted loud enough so that if he'd went to ground, he would still hear me. And I was pretty angry at this point. I feel sorry for his kid. But I heard a strange rumbling sound at the time, which sounded kind of like the big tree was ready to come down. And it was coming from the old, the, the old tree that the poacher had gone behind. I played it down to nothing, given the fact I often hear weird stuff all the time in the woods. I can't explain that. So I just brushed it off until I got home. Probably still in a bad mood. I never did find him. And it wasn't until later that day and I was telling my father about what had happened earlier. And he mentioned so matter of factly that I'd most likely seen the green man. Now that's the first time I've ever heard this name in connection with the forest. But everyone I talk to now is so matter of fact about it. As if it isn't so strange at all. So needless to say, I spend every spare minute I can in the woods now. Not to prove anything to anyone. More to see what I can find for myself. I imagine his family are just happy that angry dad is out of the house. Deborah reads out more stories, but these are just written reports, mostly from people when they were kids. I want some real evidence. And we might just get some from this guy. He has a YouTube channel called Trolls Tabernacle. And he actually goes out there looking for the woodwows. Hello again, welcome back. Today I'm going to show you the video footage that I shot in February 2019. These mysterious little stick structures in Canic Chase. Canic Chase? You may remember Canic Chase from episode 27 about the black-eyed children. I find them every time. Literally only have to step out my front door because I actually found some between the canal and the railway tracks where 10 minute walk from where I live. He's actually showing the exact location of his house on a Google map in the video. Now look at these big benders up here, they've bent these... He's not using a homophobic slur there. He's referring to a tree that has been bent down and that seems to be the terminology he's decided upon. Or whoever, however they've formed, these very long limbs growing out sort of horizontally from the trunk of the tree. Anyway, they just crammed in all these broken off branches and uh, leaf litter and twigs. What he's looking at is a tree bent down to the ground with sticks leaning against either side to form a shelter. It looks exactly like the type of thing my daughter learnt to make at a camp a few weeks ago. The structures are all in here, right next to the car park, which would make you think it was human beings, you know? Yes, you would. 
Which would make you think it was human beings, you know, imagine a, a bushcrafting trip with school children in the summer holidays, something like that. That is exactly what my daughter did. They park up here in the Milford Common car park. There's an ice cream van here, they can get refreshments. There's a hamburger place over here. Get refreshments, there's public toilets here. Perfect spot, and it's right next to the car park. They can get out, they can build their little structures. Here and here and here. That's what you would think if, you know, that's probably what everybody thinks when they find these structures. And I wouldn't blame you. And it may be true. It may even be true. So far, he's not really selling this Woodwows theory very well. So here's a signpost. If you remember, I said they find these bits of, bits of rubbish, litter, whatever, bottles usually bits of sweet wrappers, even old shoes, and they kind of decorate these little bogey huts with them. So somebody's got the Brockton Village Hall, which is, you know, half a mile up the road. Some kind of uh, laminated sign. It's just a flimsy handmade paper sign. So this is the structure. It's quite big inside. Something's been in it, probably, you know, maybe some children. But it's a lot of work gone into that. Yeah, you see that? That's been cut there. That's been sawn. But that doesn't mean necessarily that they sawed it to make this structure. It could have been a piece of wood that they brought in from somewhere else that where it had already been sawn. This video is actually titled Evidence of Woodwows, but it should have been called Evidence of Children. Anyway, I used to build dens when I was a kid, and what you do is when you make a den, you, you put it somewhere where they can't find it where the adults can't find you. I think he may have inadvertently given away some information about his childhood there. And this is right next to the car park where people come walking their dogs. So it wouldn't be a very good place to build a den. It's exactly the same style though as all the other structures. Is he saying the Woodwows must have built it because it's easily accessible from the car park? Quite large pieces of wood though, aren't they? These little kids would have to be very organised and strong to put in that amount of effort. Or they had an adult that they didn't want to hide from helping them. And in the same area, a few metres away, another structure. This one, if it is a den, it's not very private. It's right next to the car park. And what kind of a den is this? What kind of... <laughs> I mean, it's not a very good den, is it? Ugh, what a crappy den. Broken pieces of wood here. Snap twigs and sticks. Stuffed with bracken and leaf litter. Isn't that just what you find in the woods? But this guy's not finished critiquing the shitty shelter. There's no space in there. For a human being or anything. It's not practical at all. He just won't let it go. But he finally comes up with a reason why the Woodwows may have built these things. And people come up here every day. People I know come up here twice a day to walk their dogs. And they've told me they've never ever seen anybody making these structures. So the first den was good. The second den was shit. He's now found a third one. This is a kind of bender structure. Look, it's... And again, he's not using a homophobic slur. Built by leaning sticks against this... Horizontal offshoot branch here. I think you can see the other structures in the background. I think he's happy with this one. 
a lot of sticks inside and no sign that it's been worn away or inhabited. I don't know if these sticks have fallen in or whether they were placed there, but it doesn't look very comfortable for sleeping in. It's about three foot, four foot of space inside. Oh, maybe he doesn't like this one after all. Now he goes further into the woods to find more dens to judge. And this one here, in a kind of dilapidated state. A very tiny little primitive structure. You know, you've got these... This, this is upside down here. So it's probably been placed there. And you can see that, that shoelaces. Somebody's tied it up with shoelaces. And they're very old. It's been here for a long time. They've gone completely covered in uh, algae, moss stuff. It's lichen. You can't go around judging shelters if you don't know your algae from your lichen. Now this is interesting. We're again we're in we're we're near that structure that I just found, and there's sort of trails going through the woods here, and I think they're used by cyclists. And I noticed that tied to these branches was this tape. So somebody's got hold of this tape and tied it around these branches to, to sort of mark this trail. You can see one bit there you see in the background and this one here. It's like the trail has been marked with these bits of tape. I thought he said this was going to be interesting. This guy goes on and on and on pointing out these shelters which are obviously made by people trying to get their outdoor skills. But he refuses to believe they are man-made. A bender. All the branches have been stripped off this and it's been bent over. These are very, very common. Now, if this is bushcrafters doing this and they're using this bender to hang a tarp and then they're going to sleep underneath it, why would they have built it on top of a bramble bush? Those are all brambles by the look of it. And it hasn't been slept on. It hasn't been trodden down at all. That's just been bent over. So either he, somebody's bent it over for whatever reason, or it's just grown like that. Or they just built it with no intention of actually sleeping in it. Effort gone into that. And it's not the wind blowing them because they're inside the forest where they're sheltered from the wind. If a tree falls in the forest, will it be because the woodwows did it and this guy didn't see it at all? Along here, there's all these benders. I wish he'd stop saying that. You see, they've got no side branches coming off. It's like somebody snapped them all off. And I don't know if it's been trained over a period of time, deliberately trained to bend over like this, or whether it's just grown like this. This guy has so many questions when he sees a tree. It must be a nightmare going for a walk with him. But it's not just trees that he's bemused by. If you recall, I did a video about the little stones in you know episode one or two and I said that it's very unusual to find stones on top of the uh, pine needles on top of the uh, moss because something will have had to have placed it there. Stones and rocks. He doesn't seem to understand what the countryside consists of. So this stone here has been brought in and placed there. And where you find one, you always find others placed nearby of a similar size on top of the pine needles. So that means it's 
you know things get covered right naturally by moss and whatever plants are growing there so this has obviously been placed there and i just know when i see it there'll be another one nearby well yes rocks don't just come in once he wanders further and further pointing out trees and rocks until he makes an incredible discovery and this is a deer carcass don't know if you can see it's such a mess but there's the spine there's the skull and the two back legs you can see it's fairly fresh actually i mean it's been there a little while been picked completely clean it is not fresh it's been there for ages and been eaten by every bird and insect in the forest ribcage has been broken open by the look of it and there's tufts there's like big pieces of hide scattered all around it there's a big piece of hide there I wonder what this guy would be like if he actually did see something that was weird or unusual. I wondered if the neck had been broken, but I couldn't really tell by looking. Don't think it had been. Now he's a deer pathologist. So I don't know what killed that, or whether it just lay down and died. Well, it's hardly going to be an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Could have been a big cat that got it. Could have been a bogeyman. Bogeyman? May have been there a while. I mean, you can see there's a few pine needles on top of them, but they're definitely... And then this weird, yeah, weird... Whoa, what's that? Collection of sticks? Is that a structure? It's not. It's just sticks. In a wood. He leaves the deer carcass and gets back to his favourite subject. Okay, I can see a bender in the background there. I mean, there's a lot of benders everywhere in this area. I don't think he even hears what he's saying. This video was called Evidence of Woodwoes. And it proved nothing. He's amazed at finding sticks and rocks in the countryside. I was hoping for at least blurry photos or even footprints, but it showed nothing. In fact, there are lots of people making videos of woodwose, and none of them has a shred of evidence. And there might be a reason for that, according to another YouTuber called Brain Girl. She's been going into the forest and leaving gifts for the woodwose. What was I going to say? Yes, so we set up a gifting, a gifting spot. We've been coming every every so often, leaving things leaving things to the Sasquatch, basically. And some things are getting moved, some things are getting taken. We do eliminate possible human and animal interference. And these aren't good gifts. They look like crappy homemade dream catchers. We've just been to the gifting spot today and left some, some new stuff. Um, we'll come back and check it. In, sorry, I keep looking around me. We'll come back and check it. My aim is not to um, capture anything on camera or on, on film. What? Why? Um, because can you imagine if there was proper evidence, like photographic um, evidence of this? Um, we would, humans being humans, we would hunt the poor thing into um, extinction. And your problem with that is what? I've had it with these people. If they're not going to try and get evidence, then why should I bother? Episode 31 Woodwose, Hairy Man Beast The Epilogue So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that the Woodwose likes staring at children. And the long, thin lips were open, and it was smiling at me. We learnt that some people are unaware of 80s derogatory slang for gay people. I mean, there's a lot of benders everywhere in this area. And we learnt that to these researchers, evidence is not really important. 
My aim is not to um, capture anything on camera or on, on film. The story of the wood woes does stretch back into European folklore. And maybe that's where it should stay. I looked at more videos than we covered in this show this week, and there isn't a single shred of evidence of wild men living loose in the forests of the UK. There probably are people who spend a night or two in the woods, but these aren't some supernatural beings or throwbacks to the Stone Age. Frankly, I'm disappointed in all the people that I covered this week. Not one of them is prepared to put the work in and prove their theories. One of them isn't even prepared to take a photo. So I'm done. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know. Which is our code word for